Hare Krishna devotees, Dandavat Pranam, all glory to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Today we are so fortunate to have His Grace Sarvadrik Das Prabhuji from Mayapur. Today Prabhuji will enlighten us on Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, chapter, uh, chapter 17, verse 2. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, please take over the call. Thank you, Mataji. <clears throat> so we're very fortunate today to be reading Srimad Bhagavatam. Canto 5, Chapter 17, Text 2. So, good evening to all devotees. Let us offer our respectful obeisances to Srimad Bhagavatam, the Supreme Lord, and all devotees. <coughs> Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaibhanarotamam. Devim Sarasitim Vyasam Tathojayam Udhirayat Nashta Prayesha Baddeshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavati Naishtiki Krishna Swadamo Pagate Dhamagyana Divisaha Kalonashta Desham Esha Paranako Dunodita So I'll give it a shot reading the Sanskrit here. There's no meter to it, so I'll do my best and we can read the synonyms and translation and Srila Prabhupada's purport. It's a short purport but also many significant things or important things are there also. Utkishyamana Bhagavad Bhakti Yogena Diddham Kudyamanantar Hridaya Akantya Tishvamilita Lochana Yogala Kudmala Vigalita Mala Pashva Kalaya Vajyamana Ramapulaka Kulako Dunapi Paramadarena Sirasa Bibarti Synonyms Yatrahavava Indruvaloka Dira Vrata, firmly determined. Uttanapadi, the famous son of Maharaj Uttanapad, Parama Bhagavata, the most exalted devotee, Asmat, our Kuladevata, of the family deity, Charana Aravinda, of the lotus seat, Udakam, of the water, Iti, thus, Yam, which, Anusabam, Anusavanam, constantly, Utkrishyamana, being increased, Bhagavad Bhakti Yogena, by devotional service unto the Lord, Vidham, greatly, Kvidyamana Antarhadeya, being softened within the core of his heart, Avkantya, by great anxiety, Vishvasa, spontaneously, Amilita, slightly open, Lochana, of eyes, Yugala, there, Kudmala, from the flower-like, Vigalita, emanating, Amala, uncontaminated, Bhashpakalaya, with tears, Abhivyajyamana, being manifested, Romapulaka Kulaka, whose symptoms of ecstasy on the body, Aduna Api, even now, Parama Adarena, with great reverence, Shirasa, <coughs> by the head, Ibarti, he bears. Translation. Dhruva Maharaj, the famous son of Maharaj Uttanapad, 
is known as the most exalted devotee of the Supreme Lord because of his firm determination in executing devotional service. Knowing that the sacred Ganges water washes the lotus feet of Lord Vishnu, Dhruva Maharaj, situated on his own planet, to this very day accepts that water on his head with great devotion. Because he constantly thinks of Krishna very devoutly within the core of his heart, he is overcome with ecstatic anxiety. Tears flow from his half-open eyes and eruptions appear on his entire body. Report by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. When a person is firmly fixed in devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is described as Virabrata, fully determined. Such a devotee increases his ecstasy in devotional service more and more. Thus, as soon as he remembers Lord Vishnu, his eyes fill with tears. This is a symptom of a Mahabhagavat. Dhruva Maharaj maintained himself in that devotional ecstasy. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also gave us a practical example of transcendental ecstasy when he lived at Jagannath Puri. His pastimes there are fully narrated in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Chakshurun Militanjena Tasmai Shri Gurave Nama Nama Shishtamanumati Sachiputra Matrasarupam Rupam Tasyagujamurapurim Atarim Goshtavatim Radha Kundam Girivaram Maho Radhikamadavasam Prapta Yasapatita Kripaya Shri Gurum Tam Natusmi Bande Rupa Sanatanura Gujago Shri Jeeva Gopalako Vande Nantad Bhutashayam Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nichoki Yat Prasadatyad Bhakti Shastra Pavartaka Nityanandam Maham Nomi Sarabhanandakaram Param Harinama Padam Devam Mavaduta Sharominam Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaur Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare Vansha Kopata Vishta Kripa Sindhu Vivacha Patitanam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namo The first thing we can consider here <coughs> is that Dhruva Maharaj is, de- is described here as Viravrata, as firmly determined. Because to make progress in spiritual life requires our determination. Living in the material world is not an easy proposition. Even for a materialistic person, they struggle like everything. In the blazing heat of summer and the pouring rain, the blasting wind, they struggle <coughs> simply to enjoy their senses for the only purpose, the only objective of their life is to enjoy their senses. But they struggle because it's, <coughs> it's the nature of this world that it's not an easy place to live. <coughs> All different types of obstacles are there in the life of everyone. Sometimes devotees think, why is, is my life so difficult? Because because they forget everyone's life is difficult. I was when Dewey asked me this question in, in class last week. Said like sometimes I just feel so down. And I said, Prabhu, everyone feels down sometimes. You're not alone. Sometimes we we wake up in the morning feeling very enthusiastic and happy and positive about our life. 
And then the very next day, we may wake up and feel very unhappy. What has changed? Only the modes of nature. Only the play of the modes of nature. Nothing's changed. You did the same thing the day before. You did the same thing today. You wake up, you chant, you worship, read books, all are, are regular sadhana. Some days are positive, some days are negative. This is just the play of the modes of material nature. And to be progressive in spiritual life, we have to be determined, which means we don't identify with the play of the modes of material nature, whether I'm feeling happy and enthusiastic or if I'm dragging. I'm determined to make progress in spiritual life, and I accept whatever, whatever is necessary to do that. So Dhruva Maharaj, if, if we remember from the story, was extremely determined. And it's an amazing story because it illustrates the unbounded mercy of the Supreme Lord. Dhruva Maharaj, as we remember, had a huge material desire. He was a Kshatriya, and by nature, there Ishwarabhav, Saryam Tejadhir Daksham, Yudhe Chaptipalainam, Yudhe Chaptipalainam, Dhanam Ishwarabhav, Shachakarma Sabhavajam. That a Shachi by nature has this Ishwarabhav nature. He's very, he wants to be in control, he's powerful, he's expert. So even the young boy, Dhruva, had these qualities. And when he was pushed off the lap of his father, by his stepmother, he was outraged. I mean, sometimes we see children outraged, but <laughs> not like Dhruva Maharaj. He went to his mother and was complaining, like, what am I to do about this? His mother said that many saintly people go to the forest and worship Lord Vishnu for the fulfillment of their desires. So he said, I'm going. And he did inconceivable austerity up to the point he stopped breathing. And Lord Vishnu appeared before him. He said, okay, what do you want? He gave Sakshat Darshan. And he said, I want a kingdom. He said, well, actually, he said, I, I came to this, this forest looking for pieces of broken glass in the, in the form of a kingdom. But seeing you, I found the most valuable gem. So this is devotee. That when we see Krishna, when we have a taste of Krishna consciousness, we lose all attraction for the material world. So this is Dhruva Maharaj. He came with a huge material desire. And Lord was so kind that not only did he get darshan, the most rare thing, sakshat darshan, directly seeing the Lord in front of his own eyes. He was meditating on the Lord within his heart. And the Lord disappeared. He was very shocked that the Lord disappeared. He opened his eyes and the Lord standing right in front of him. So he not only had relationship with the Lord, blessed by the Lord, conversation with the Lord, touched by the Lord. The Lord touched him with his conch shell on his head, blessing him. He got all of that and he had his own planet also. Not just a kingdom greater than his father. This Druvaloka means the pole star, the north star. Sometimes, well, they call the morning star sometimes. Uh, you can see in the sky, if you take a uh, photograph of the, of the heavens, a time-lapse photograph, you see all the other stars are rotating around that one star. This Druvaloka, the North Star, Pole Star, is actually a Vaikuntha planet within the material world. So Lord blessed him in an inconceivable way, and he gave darshan. Both. This is Lord's mercy. Inconceivable mercy to Dhruva Maharaj. But to get that, he was very, very determined. And it's also described as Dredavrata. 
and that to have that dhridhavrata determination, their requirements. Bhagavad Gita says, Yesham antagatam papam janana punya kamanam te dvandamoha nirmukta vajante maam dhridhavrataha. If we want to be firmly attached to the process of devotional service, firmly determined in the process of devotional service, there's some requirements. It's not that you can just pick determination out of the air and decide, okay, from tomorrow, I will become very determined. But there are qualifications to manifest that determination. And this is mentioned, the first thing, yesham antagatam papam. Antagatam papam means to bring an end to all sinful activity. Because if, if a person is implicated in sinful activity, he's completely distracted. He'll never be determined because he's too distracted by sense gratification. Yesham jananam punya karmanam. Then there should be some history of punya, some sukriti, some history of sukriti. Sukriti isn't the cause of bhakti. Only bhakti is the cause of bhakti. But typically, a person who has less sukriti can't make progress in spiritual life. We say this prayer every, every day, twice, thrice a day. Mahaprasadi Govinde, Nama Brahmani Vaishnava Swapapunyabhatam Rajan Vishwaso Naivajayate. That a person who has Swapapunya, a very insignificant or infinitesimal amount of previous punya or sukriti, he has no faith. He has no faith in Govinda, the holy name, and Mahaprasad, and Brahmanas and Vaishnavas. So, to have that, deter that determination requires to have some history of devotional life. We see that hundreds and thousands of people have come to our temples. Millions of people have received our books, but are they standing in line to take initiation? No, it requires some special blessing, some special dispensation, some, pur some purva punya, some purva sukriti, some history of devotional life. Janana punya karmanam te moha nirmukta. This means to become free from the dualities of life. This isn't an easy thing because the dualities of life are always afflicting us. Heat and cold, the blazing heat of summer, <clears throat> freezing cold of winter, happiness and distress, honor and dishonor, pleasure and pain, prosperity and loss. The world is full of dualities, and unless we become full of those dualities, we simply become like mad trying to fix things. Dvandva Mohina Bharata. It's a world of duality, and if we invest our whole life in just trying to fix things, trying to make everything nice, trying to avoid the so-called negative things, and trying to grasp the positive things, then we waste our life, and we become mad simply trying to become happy in, the, in, in a world that's not designed for our happiness. That we should acknowledge. This world is not designed for our happiness. It's actually designed to make us suffer. And there's a reason for that. Some people ask, why is there death? Why is there war? Why do little kids get hit by trucks? Why is there murder? Why is all these horrible things disease? Why do these things happen? Why is the world an inhospitable place? The answer is that if it was a hospitable, happy place, we'd stay here forever, separate from Krishna. And Krishna wants us to come back to him. It's not possible to be happy in a world, in an existence, without a relationship with Krishna. So these are the qualifications. 
to become free from the dualities of life, to have some history of punya, and to become free from sinful activities, <coughs> which primarily means different kinds of gross sense gratification. If we're not free from those, then there's no dridavrata, firm determination. But we see in Dhruva Maharaj, uh, firmly determined. And he's described here as Parama Bhagavataha. Because of his determination in executing devotional service. Why is that? <coughs> because Krishna responds. It's not that he did his huge austerities, eating leaves and just drinking a sip of water, then giving up breathing, doing such extreme austerity, and Krishna doesn't pay attention. Krishna is unresponsive to the austerities. He was responsive to his firm determination and his austerity. And he appeared before, devotee, before the Lord. Is that an ordinary thing? That Lord gives sakshat darshan to his devotee? This means parama bhagavata, most exalted devotee. But the effect of his austerity was that his heart became, it's described here, kudyamana uh, anta videya. Being, his heart was softened, being softened within the core of his heart. His austerity has made his heart soft. And this is an important thing to understand because sometimes devotees who accept austerity, their heart becomes very hard. That they'll only, I'm only going to eat one chapati and half a scoop of sabji and one quarter cup of rice once a day and I'm going to sleep four hours a night, and they may impose some very heavy austerity on their body, but the result may be that the heart doesn't become soft, but the heart may become hard. Because they forget what is the, the purpose of that austerity. The purpose of that austerity is not to be known as an austere devotee, to be respected as in control of one's senses, or for any other mundane purpose. The purpose of the austerity is to give up the bodily conception of life and make the, the, the heart a proper seating place, sitting place for the Lord. To make the heart soft, to make the heart able to accommodate the conception of devotional service. And when that happens, when the heart becomes soft, the, the symptoms are mentioned here, like we sing in the morning. Mahaprabhu Kirtana Nitya Gita Yuktasya Mahaprabhu Kirtana Nitya Gita I can't even remember this verse. Anyway, that that you the the symptoms of love of God manifest in the character and the personality of the of the spiritual master because he's He's uh, absorbed in bhava, in this, in absorbed in the uh, worship of the Lord by chanting Mahaprabhu Kirtana Nitya Gita Vadita Madhya Manasaurasena Romancha Kampa Shutaranga Bhajo Romancha Kampa Shutaranga means the tears flow from his eyes like rain. All the hairs of his body stand on him because he was absorbed in bhava. So this is the the objective of any austerity we perform. We should not forget that. 
we're doing, we're giving up the bodily conception of life, we're trying to curb down bodily conception of life, which is symptomized by sense gratification, our desire for sense gratification, for this purpose alone, for this exclusive purpose, that our heart can become soft, so that the symptoms of love of God, Bhaspakalaya, tears being manifest, Roma Pulaka, uh, Kulaka, symptoms of ecstasy appear in the body. This is the purpose of our austerity, not just austerity for austerity's sake, because if someone thinks that way and lives that way, their heart will just become hard. Because, you know, frankly speaking, the Maya bodies are much more austere. They live very, very austere life. But the, their heart is just hard like a stone. They have no love of God. So we should take note of that fact. Whatever austerity we perform, we accept simply to curb down the materialistic uh, attachment to body, to make the heart soft, so Krishna can sit there, he can remember Krishna and worship Krishna, and the per perfection of that, this Ramanshakampashutarangabhajo, where the hairs stand on and tears flow from the eyes, our voices choked up, these things will come, like we, we pray in the morning with this uh, Sikshastakam. Nayanam galada shudharaya badanam gadgadarudaya gira pulakaya nichitam vapukkada tavanama grahane bhavishyati. Bhavishyati means in the future. These things will come by the process of chanting Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, but we have to be patient for them to manifest. But this is the objective. This is the objective of all our our, our japa, our sacrifice, our meditation, our mantra chanting, our our diet, our lifestyle. We want our heart to become soft so that love of God has a place in our heart. Otherwise, the heart is like a, a vessel with holes in it. And if you pour water into a vessel with holes in it, then the water just leaks out. So what are those holes in our heart that, that so that we can't hold Krishna within our heart? It's lust, greed, anger, fear, envy, malice, attachment, all these things are the holes in the heart that need to be plugged by the process of devotional service. Because devotional service is a process. It's not an immediate thing where you snap your fingers and you immediately become free from lust, greed, anger, envy, these things which are described as gates. Krishna says these are three gates leading to hell. Kama, Loba, Tathasloba. Uh, that one should give up calm, crowed, loba because there are holes in the heart where Krishna Bhakti will leak out Krishna Bhakti we can't hold Krishna in our heart when our heart is afflicted with these horrible things, lust, great anger so Bhakti is a process this is also described in Bhagavad Gita in the 15th chapter Yamana moha jita sango dosha ajatma nitya vinibhita kama dandva vimukta sukadukka sangyaya gachitantya muda padamadhyam tat. There's a process by which we qualify ourselves, by which we, these are the principles of, that are described as the principles of surrender. First thing means, uh, and this, this whole verse probably uh, relates that this is the process of surrender. These, these, Items mentioned in this shloka are the process of surrender. So the first things mentioned, nirman, means 
without uh, false prestige, pride. Because Prabhupada mentions that when we're deluded by pride, we can't, we can't surrender to Krishna. And this is the most extraordinary thing, that we're full of pride and full of self, ahankar, even though we're completely insignificant creatures in the kingdom of God. And this is the greatest illusion, that we're very great, when in actuality, we're very, very small. There's a story about one devotee in a Los Angeles temple in the old days. At that time, Los Angeles temple was packed with devotees. Uh, maybe a hundred devotees were living in and around the community. And the temple commander was very rough personality, dealing with devotees very roughly. And they came and complained to Srila Prabhupada because he was bossing them around. Leadership means to bring the best out in the devotee, not to shout at people, demean people, uh, scold people, and lord it over people. This devotee was doing like that, so they complained to Prabhupada. Prabhupada brought him into his room, and he gave him an example. He said, in the creation of God, <clears throat> three quarters of the creation of God is spiritual world. Only one quarter is this dark material world. In the, that one quarter dark corner of the material world, there are millions and billions of universes, like seeds in a bag, a one quintal bag of mustard seeds, billions of universes. In this one universe, there's millions of galaxies and trillions of planets. Of all those trillions of planets, there's one tiny little speck of dust, what we call Earth, on the Earth planet. There's hundreds and thousands of cities. And in Los Angeles City, there's hundreds and thousands of houses. And in this one house, this one little 1364 Watsika Avenue house in Los Angeles, California, there's one devotee who thinks he's very great. <laughs> so Brahman very thoughtfully put everything in perspective, how insignificant we actually are. Look up at the sky at night. How many stars you see? If you, that is, if you live in an area where you can see the stars at night. There's millions of stars, and we're just one tiny little speck of dust in the universe. And within the creation of God, confined to this one little planet we call Earth, there's seven or eight billion people here, and we're one of them. But everyone thinks the whole world revolves around me. So, Nirman means... Without false prestige, what is to be proud? What is to, to consider? Why should we consider oneself in a prestigious position? Because you have some money in the bank? Because you drive a nice car, have a nice home? People collect these things in order to show the world to see my prosperity, see my position in society. They're full of ahankar, false prestige. So first principle Prabhupada mentions, uh, or Lord Krishna mentions in this verse, is nirman. Next thing, moha, nirmana moha. Moha means illusion. And this is, what is the biggest illusion in life? We think that this body is me. And this is the greatest illusion. Insane illusion to think that a collection of bones and skin and fat and hair and nerves and blood vessels and bone and skin is me. What part of that is you? Are, are you a nose, an ear, a hand, a liver? a heart, a lung, a stomach, what part of that is you? This, is, this collection of organs 
and different muscles and bones and skin, what part of that is you? But we live our life as if it was the self. We can't don't make the distinction between the body and the self. If someone bumps into you, you say, you hit me. No, they hit your body, but we say, you hit me. We say, I am hungry, when your body is hungry. We say, I am thirsty, when we experience thirst. I am angry, I am fearful, I am envious, I am lusty, I am greedy. All of these things are in relationship with the body and mind and have absolutely nothing to do with the self. This is life's greatest illusion, ahankar, that I belong to this material world, then this body is me. So this has to be given up if we're going to make progress in spiritual life. Next thing, jitasanga dosha. Jitasanga dosha means giving up uh, false association, bad association, non-devotee association. Now what does that mean practically? It doesn't mean, for example, if you're a working devotee and you're in an office or you're in a business uh, surrounded by non-devotees, and you tell people, don't talk to me, don't look at me, I don't want to see you, I'm a Hare Krishna, you're bad association, don't even look at me. That's not what it means. It means you don't associate with them, means you don't associate on their ground, on their terms. If they say to you, it's Friday night, we're going out to the bar, come out with us and have a beer. If you go out with them, even if you're drinking soda, you're associating with them on their terms. And you have to laugh at their stupid jokes. You have to listen to their pajalpa, their talks about everything and everything. Just thousands, Bhagavatam says, Sahasrani, that they have hundreds of thousands of things. Why? Because Atmatattam is missing. Materialistic person devoid of Atmatattva has hundreds of thousands of things to talk about, but they'll never talk about God. So if you go and you associate with them, and you talk their pajalpa, and you laugh at their jokes, and you, and you act like you're part of their life, and you're trying to fit in with them, this is association, and it will contaminate your mind. But to, to not associate with them means... You maintain your own space, Padma Patram Ivambasa, like a lotus flower, may be situated in the sewer water, filthy sewer water, but it's beautiful. It maintains its fragrance and beauty, even though situated within filthy water. So association means, to, to not associate means you maintain your own space, your own internal space of Krishna conscious in your mind and senses and heart. It doesn't mean you don't talk to them, you don't work with them, you don't maintain friendly relationship, but you don't associate with them on their grounds. This is what it means to not associate with uh, non-devotees. It doesn't mean you don't talk to anybody. Devotees friendly to everyone. We should show friendship to everyone. Bring them prasadam. Give them Prabhupada's books. Give them express topmost friendship. Give them Krishna in the form of prasadam and Prabhupada's books. But it doesn't mean just to isolate yourself and not talk to anybody. It means internally you're very isolated. You have nothing to do with their lifestyle, you know, what they ate at the restaurant, what they did with their girlfriend, what movie they watched, their car, their dog, their home, their income, their everything. We have nothing to do. We have no interest in those things. So from that point of view, we don't associate. Jeta Sangha Dosha. 
Adyatmanitya-vinivitta-kama. Vinivitta-kama means to give up uh, sense gratification, give up kama, give up lust. And lust can be engaged in Christian service. We we should be lusty to accept service. We should be lusty to read Prabhupada's books. Mm. Kautilya, Chanakya Pandit, said there are some things we should be very lusty for. We should be lusty for knowledge. We should never be satisfied with our knowledge. We should never be satisfied by reading scripture. We, and some things we should be satisfied with. One should be sat, a man should be satisfied with his wife. A woman should be satisfied with her husband. So some things we should never be satisfied with. Some things we should always be satisfied with. Never be satisfied in our accumulation of spiritual knowledge, our attention to reading Shastra, our devotional activities, our service. We should, we should be greedy for those things, but not greedy for sense gratification. This world is a place of duality, dwandva, as we discussed previously. Happiness and distress, heat and cold, man and woman, hot and uh, rich and poor, smart and dumb, black and white. It's a world of duality. So it, we, by that, because of that duality, we become bewildered. And the main manifestation of that duality is suk and duk. Everybody wants to enjoy happiness and nobody wants to enjoy no one wants to experience distress. And everyone lives their life in that way to embrace the maximum amount of happiness and to avoid unhappiness at any cost. But oftentimes the struggle to avoid unhappiness simply creates more unhappiness. For example, a man may work very, very hard. I was traveling one time uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. And we stayed at the home of a very nice man, devotee, but very, what do they call, workaholic. He lived in a huge house, maybe 10 bedrooms and at least that many bathrooms. Huge house. You could get lost, four-story house. Beautiful neighborhood, big, huge house. So he's thinking that this house will give me happiness. I can show it to my friends. This is my prosperity. This is my uh, man, my false prestige, see my, see my prosperity, see my house. But that desire for happiness born of material prosperity was the cause of his distress because he had no time to himself. It's Saturday morning and there he is in the, in the uh, kitchen on his computer working. No time to enjoy his house because he's too busy working to pay for his house. Too busy working to pay for something to show his friends about his prosperity, but he has no time to enjoy his life. Who is happier, that man or a simple farmer who lives in a mud house, spends time working in the fields for a few months out of the year, grows his food, milks his cows, and spends time with his family, eating nutritious food, grown in your own field, spending time with family, with children, with wife, neighbors, friends, family and happy occasions of, of weddings and social functions and religious observances and festivals, having time for all of that, or the man who's completely harassed by his life, working 60, 80 hours and more, 
a week just to just show the world seemly prosperity. Because the art of life is satisfaction. The art of life is not accumulation. Who is satisfied? Who is satiated? Who is happy with his life? Who doesn't want more? Who can say, I have everything I want. I'm satisfied in my life. This is a happy person. Not a person who's harassed by his own material desires. So everybody wants sukh, happiness, but they don't know how to get it. And everybody wants to avoid dukkha, unhappiness. But in spiritual life, we have a completely different conception. Because, for example, we say, chant and be happy. Right? We pass out our mantra card. Chant this mantra and be happy. Chant Hare Krishna and be happy. That's true. There is no other happiness, actually. And then spiritual happiness and relationship with Krishna. But we can also say, chant and cry. We should feel unhappy. This is the prayers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That I've fallen. Oh my Lord, he's begging. He's pleading. Oh my Lord, I've fallen into this horrible material world. I'm unhappy in this material world. Please pick me up and place me as one of the atoms at your lotus feet. So we can chant Hare Krishna and cry. We should cry in separation from Krishna. That is the highest happiness. This is a apparent contradiction. But our highest happiness, our highest ecstasy, is when the day comes, when we cry in separation from Krishna. When we feel, Nayanam galadashudaraya, badanam gadgadarudayagira, pulakayanichitamba pukkada, tabanam aghane bhavishyati. When we feel a nimishena, which means a blink of an eye. Nimishena means the amount of time it takes to blink your eye. When we feel that amount of time to be like 12 years or more. When we feel the whole world to be void. The whole world is meaningless and empty. Why? Govinda virahenime. Crying in separation from Krishna is devotee's highest happiness. Apparent contradiction. He's feeling intense sadness. But that sadness is his greatest happiness, feeling separation from Krishna. But what is our problem? We have many other things that we're attached to, so we can't experience that. We feel separation from good food, from sense gratification, from prestige, recognition, from possessions. For example, if you lose your mobile phone, Oh, where's my phone? My phone. Did someone steal my phone? Oh, my God. All my phone numbers, all my contacts, all my photos. Where's my phone? Mobile phone. We may feel separation from many things, but our disease is that we don't feel separation from Krishna. In fact, we can measure our progress in spiritual life by how uncomfortable we are in the material world, how unhappy we feel in the material world, in separation from Krishna. But our disease is we feel happy in the material world. Life's okay. I've got some money in the bank. I live in a nice place. I'm eating good food. People respect me. My wife loves me. My husband loves me. My kids respect me. Life is good. It's not good. Because Govinda virahename. We have no feeling for Govinda. No feeling for Krishna. And if we have no feeling for Krishna, how will we go back to Krishna? If we don't cultivate that feeling, that intense feeling of separation from Krishna, how will we go back to Krishna? 
So we have a different conception of happiness and distress. Our distress and separation from Krishna is our highest happiness because we're more absorbed in Krishna in separation than we are in meeting. Vipralamba and Sambhog. Vipralamba means separation from Krishna. Sambhog means an association with Krishna. So the devotees feel more happiness in the anxiety of separation from Krishna. It's not like the anxiety of this material world that simply is pure anxiety. The sadness of this material world that is pure sadness. But this sadness and anxiety and separation from Krishna brings the greatest joy in devotee's heart. Because that separation is the cause of meeting in the next life. This feeling of separation from Krishna here is the cause of our meeting Krishna in our next life. When we feel I can't live without Krishna, I want Krishna more than my next breath, then at the end of life we go back to Krishna. Guaranteed. It's not like the separation and uh, unhappiness of this material. These things are described in Chaitanya Charitamrita as monodharma. Monodharma means that which is something is we consider as auspicious, shub, and something which we consider inauspicious, ashub. But Chaitanya Charitamrita describes them both as monodharma, just mental concoction. Carried on the chariot of her mind in the material world of happiness and distress, world of duality. So, Bhagavad Gita is saying, To make progress in spiritual life, we have to become free from the dualities of happiness and distress. And be amudha. Amudha means unbewildered. If we want to, If we want to approach these Abhyayam Tat, the supreme abode of the Lord, the eternal abode of the Lord. Then we have to be Amuda, to make Gachtanti. Gachtanti means to make progress. That if we want to make that progress, we have to be unbewildered. And this requires some introspection. Not just living our life day to day, to day living life in a rut, get up, go to work, eat, sleep, all these things. But examine, what is my life? What is the purpose of my life? And have realization, what is the purpose of my life? So these things are, are required for making progress in spiritual life. <coughs> Elsewhere we can look. We touched on it previously. In the Upadesha Amrita, uh, nectar of Instruction by Srila Rupa Goswami. He also describes uh, characteristics of a person or activities of a person who is making progress in spiritual life. Requirements for making spiritual life. Progress in spiritual life. As we found in Bhagavad Gita, Nirmana Moha, we just discussed also, Upadesha Amrita also gives six characteristics of a person who is making progress towards life's ultimate goal. It's not that we just kick back and merrily, merrily, merrily life is but a dream. Let Krishna consciousness happen as it will happen. But we should be eager for Krishna consciousness and that is called utsaha. Utsaha nishtaya darya tattat karma pavartanat sangatyagat satovriti saddir bhaktir prasidditi That the first qualification is that we should be utsaha we should be enthusiastic in Krishna consciousness. 
And we will be very enthusiastic if we understand what is the potential of what we're doing. Sometimes devotees say, well, I've been chanting Hare Krishna for 15 years now, 20 years, and I'm just not tasting the nectar. I'm just not, I'm not feeling anything. And I ask them a couple questions. I say, well, are you reading Prabhupada's books? Well, not so much, Prabhu. Well, bingo, there's one, one cause of the doldrums of spiritual life, to be unenthusiastic in spiritual life, if you're not reading, hearing about Krishna. Because hearing about Krishna produces wonderful results. Um, Bhagavatam says, Yasyam Vaya Shuyamananam, Shunamanayam. Uh, Krishna Parama Purusha, Bhaktir Utpadite Pungsa, Shoka Moka, Shoka Moha Bayapaha. This means that just by hearing about Krishna, that Bhakti Utpadite Pungsa, that Bhakti wells up, spontaneously wells up in your heart, in your life, just by the process of hearing about Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Uttama Shloka. And simultaneously, Shoka Moha Bayapaha. That Shoka means lamentation, Moha, illusion, and Bhaya, fear. Apaha, Apaha means is extinguished. That lamentation, fear, and illusion are all extinguished, and Bhakti rises up in your heart just by hearing about Krishna. So first thing, if you're not feeling enthusiastic, are you hearing about Krishna? Are you chanting Hare Krishna? Are you finishing your japa? So these things should be understood. And are you introspective in your life? Sometimes I'll ask devotees. I said, okay, class, what is the meaning? Yuktasya bhaktir chani junjatopi. What does it mean? And we get this blank look from this from the audience, like, well, gee, I sing that every morning, but what does it mean? Yuktasya bhaktams, chani junjatopi, means the spiritual master is engaging us in service to the Lord. We sing these songs. <clears throat> we don't speak. I don't. Very few devotees speak Sanskrit, and if you're not Bengali, you don't speak Bengali. But we sing songs in Bengali, and we sing songs in Sanskrit. But if you don't meditate on the meaning of what the song that we're singing means, if, we, if, we don't, if we're not there, present, if we're not mindful of what we're doing, how will you be enthusiastic? Understand what we're singing. Nikunjayono ratikeli siddhaya yayalidya yuktira pekshaniya yuktira pekshaniya What does it mean? Ask yourself. I'm asking you. Do you know? that the spiritual master is assisting the gopis who are making beautiful, tasteful arrangements for the service of Radha Krishna and the Nakunjas of Vrindavan. And we can be part of that. This is meditation. This is prayer. And we do it every single day. If you're not mindful, if you're not present, if you're not introspective in understanding what you're singing and bringing your mind to the meaning of what you're singing, how will you be enthusiastic? You think, oh, I just, we do the same thing every day. This is exciting. If we, if we consider the potential of our sadhana, that we can enter into this lila, we can enter into Krishna lila, we get that opportunity in this lifetime. That's exciting. That's very exciting. But if we forget that because we're not present 
because we're not being mindful. How we'll be enthusiastic? We won't be. We'll take it, oh, I'm, I've been chanting 15 years, 20 years, I'm just not feeling enthused. Because you're not mindful. You're not appreciating what's been given. So to be enthusiastic, we should be mindful. Be present in your sadhana. Be present in your japa. Prabhupada wrote, sometimes I hear the word say, we should just hear the holy name. No. Hearing is the beginning. Prabhupada writes specifically, one should meditate on the pastime and form and leela and qualities of the Lord. Guna, um, guna rup, all different qualities of the Lord. His nam, gun, rup, parika, his associates, his name, his pastimes, his form, his beauty, his mercy, his power, everything Krishna. We have to bring our mind to Krishna when we're chanting. Otherwise, how will we be enthusiastic? How will we feel happy in Krishna consciousness? How will you feel like, will you feel like chanting Hare Krishna Maha Mantra? If you don't bring your mind to Krishna? If you're doing it because, you're doing your job because you have to? Because you promised you would? Or maybe you're not even doing it. We have to be present in our sadhana. Be mindful in our sadhana. Then we'll become very enthusiastic knowing what is the potential of this sadhana. The potential of our sadhana is to go back and enter into the leela of the Lord, to participate in the leela of the Lord. To participate with the gopis, to participate with the cowherd boys, to participate in the, in the uh, entourage of Mother Yashoda. These things are possible. This is our objective. It's our prayojana. It's what we want. It's where we're going. And that's exciting. If we're present, if we're mindful, then we'll be enthusiastic. So nishchayat, utsaha nishchayat, nishchayat means we should be very confident. And confidence, again, that also comes from hearing and association with devotees. If you lock yourself up without the association, sometimes it's difficult for devotees, especially if they live some distance from a temple. But associate with devotees by talking on the phone, by Zoom conferences, whatever is possible. Invite devotees or be Give association. Be that devotee association for someone else. This is how we become confident in Krishna consciousness, by hearing and by association. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, where is, where, what is the cause of Krishna Bhakti? He said, Krishna Bhakti, Krishna Janma, Krishna Janma Mula Hoy Sadhu Sangha. The Sadhu Sangha is the place where Krishna Bhakti is born. Krishna Bhakti Janma. Mula Haya Sadhu Sangha. The root cause of our progress in spiritual life is Sadhu Sangha. And we become very confident, we become enthusiastic, we become determined. Many good qualities come just by favorable association with devotees. And when you have that association, don't just chit chat. Talk about Krishna. Chit chat's there, social life is there, okay? What other social life do devotees have? But talk about Krishna. Hear about Krishna. Remind each other about Krishna. Serve Vaishnavas. And then we become very confident in their association. But the whole process takes time, right? You don't snap your fingers. Okay, from tomorrow I'll be enthusiastic, patient, confident, blah, blah, blah. Snap your fingers. Done with lust. Done with greed. Done with envy. No more. I'm done. Now I'm a pure devotee. No, die yet. You have to be patient because it's a process. Just like if you want to learn to play harmonium 
or if you want to learn to play mridanga or any musical instrument. Do you just sit down and start playing musical raga, beautiful raga on the harmonium? Or do you have to go step by step by painful step? You have to invest time to learn the process. And if you do, in due course of time, beautiful raga will come from your hands, playing on the keys of the harmonium. But it's not going to happen immediately. Therefore, a person, if he wants to come to that stage, he has to practice patience. Dhyat. And tat karma pavartana. Tat karma pavartana means we have to accept those activities that are favorable for devotional service. That means getting up in the morning, chanting japa, being clean, uh, worshipping the deity, chanting japa, reading books, serving Vaishnavas, going to the temple, all the things that we do every day, as much as possible, tat karma pavartana to accept those activities that will help us in spiritual life, that will promote our spiritual life by serving, especially by serving Vaishnavas, that we're making progress in spiritual life. And Tattat Karma Sangatyagat. Sangatyagat, again, we discussed, this means giving up the association of non-devotees. We discussed that already. What that means, what is a non-devotee, what is association with a non-devotee, and how to associate with them. We should understand that very clearly. And satobrite, satobrite, very important point. Satobrite means to follow in the footsteps of the previous acharyas. In, 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 there's an English saying, we say, if it's not broken, don't try and fix it. So our acharyas, our whole Guru Parampara has given us a system that has served humanity for hundreds of generations and thousands of years. There's no need to change it. But Prabhupada criticized his Western disciples. He said, you have this change disease. You want to change everything. There's no need to change something if it's working properly. I mean, this is a whole discussion, but we're running out of time. The, the external characteristics of bhakti can be changed, but the internal characteristics can never be changed. The, the tattva, the siddhanta, the conclusion can never be changed. For example, in a wedding, there's the food, there's the venue, there's the priest, the decoration, the presents, the guests, the music. There's all kind of, That's all negotiable. But there's no wedding without a boy and girl, bride and groom. That's non-negotiable. You can have a wedding with just a boy and girl. They exchange garlands. They say some vow, done. Everything else is negotiable. So in Krishna Bhakti, there are essential principles that can never be changed. This is Shastra. Shastra Vidhi. Na Shastra Vidhi Mucharja Vartati Kamakarata Nasasiddhi Na Sukam Na Param Gatin. You'll never go back to Godhead. You'll never be happy. You'll never approach the supreme destination if you reject Shastra Vidhi. Shastra Vidhi is unchangeable. But how that is applied in society that can be modified by the Acharya. And Srila Prabhupada did that. It was unheard of for a woman to live in the, in the ashram. Unheard of. But so many pious, fortunate ladies came to take shelter of Srila Prabhupada. What's he to do? To show them the door? No, so he made Brahmacharini ashram. Unheard of. It's unheard of to give sannyas to malechas, to give sacred thread to malechas, yavanas, westerners. But Prabhupada understood perfectly Shastra and he did everything in accordance with Shastra to to push on Krishna consciousness. This is a whole discussion, but this is in the in the 
<clears throat> the, the portfolio of Satobrite, following in the footsteps of great devotees. <clears throat> so Dhruva Maharaj, to mm, summarize, is a great devotee, but he came a great devotee by his determined following the practices of Krishna consciousness. He didn't go to the forest on a picnic. He went with an objective. I want Krishna. I want something from God. And he went there with full determination to get it, and he followed the principles. He did pranayam. He followed the, the principles taught to him by, by Nard Muni. And he achieved success. We can also achieve success if we follow these principles we find in Shastra. And this is what we call Krishna consciousness. And by that, Krishna becomes conquered. He takes interest in his devotee who is following the principles of Krishna consciousness. And he, in, one, in due course of time, will reveal himself. He says in Bhagavad Gita, 11th chapter, Bhaktya Shakya Aham Bidam Gyatum Drashtum Chatattvinam Prabhisham Chaparantapa. But by Ananya Bhakti, you can know me, Gyatum, Drashtum, you can see me eye to eye and face to face. This is the power of Krishna Bhakti. And Dhruva Maharaj is the example. By his devotion, even though Sakama devotion, he wanted something from the Lord. Still, Lord is so kind. He reciprocated, gave darshan, and gave Dhruva Maharaj his own planet. This is the power of Krishna Bhakti. Thank you very much for your kind attention and the opportunity to speak to you. Manchakopatu Bishakripa Sindhu Bhivichap Patitanam Pavani Vyo Vaishnavibyo Namaha. Srila Prabhupada Kijai. Anyone has any comment or question? Hare Krishna Prabhuji Dandav Pranam all grace of your Prabhupada. It was such a nice class. So uh, thank you for giving us a glimpse of the uh, realm beyond the Vaidhi Bhakti into the Raganuga and Bhava Bhakti, close to Prema Bhakti. This is a very rare occasion that we get to uh, see uh, the glimpses of those because uh, most of us people are so much uh, uh, mired in uh, in material life uh, that we rarely uh, struggle to finish our Vaidhi Bhakti properly. Uh, thank you, Prabhu, uh, and uh, so nectarian, uh, full of realizations and uh, script, uh, scriptural reference. Thank you, Prabhu. Uh, this, is, this is a good point that you make also, Prabhu, that we were discussing Vaidhi Bhakti. The uh, objective of Vaidhi Bhakti is Raghunuga Bhakti, but we cannot jump over the processes that we described. These are the processes that, that bring us automatically to Raga Bhakti. You can't just jump to Raga Bhakti. This is Sahajism. That that uh, you have to pass. You have to pay your dues, as we say in English. You have to pay your dues. Go through uh, the the uh, free oneself from the lust, the greed, the anger, envy, all the things that afflict our heart, the holes in our heart. You have to pass through anatta nibriti. You have to pass through even. Uh, mm, I'm forgetting the term. Nishta. You have to pass through Nishta even. You have to pass through Ruchi, Asakti, Bhava. Bhava, at Bhava we start getting, uh, uh, Asakti we start getting the feeling for Krishna. Bhava, you realize your spiritual identity. And Prema, 
You can't just jump to Asakti, Rusi, Prema. You have to go through the anartas in our heart, anartha nibhati. But we can't be, we shouldn't be stuck in anartha nibhati either. We want our prayojana is not just becoming free from lust and greed. Our prayojana is we want a love of God. We want to have relish ecstatic emotion. We want to participate in Krishna Leela. This is our prayojana, our objective in life. So yes, but first let us discuss Vaidhi Bhakti because I think not everyone is ready for Raghunuga Bhakti and the implications of that. Anything else? Hare Krishna Guruji, Dandut Pranam, Jaisa Prabhupada. Wonderful, wonderful yep. class as usual, Prabhuji. Uh, I like the point, Prabhu, you mentioned uh, we have to be mindful in order to be enthusiastic. I mean, uh, we all, all time discuss, but you know, being mindful, that brings some enthusiasm, uh, being like having the attitude of gratitude, being in the uh, moment, that itself, you know, is a big deal, and that should give us the enthusiasm to go with full speed. That was my take for really? today. Yeah, we can go back to garden in this lifetime. That's exciting. No? Yes. Very exciting. Yes. Right. Anything else, Pamajis, Matajis? Thank you very much, Shila Prabhupada. Thank you, Jai Jai and Nitai Go. Thank Such a nice class, Prabhuji, and you explained very nicely how we can associate with the non devotees. We can associate, but still we can stay away and protect our Krishna consciousness. Uh, so explain very nicely, Prabhuji. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Prabhuji, for practical oriented class, uh, which helps everyone. I would okay. like to have your